today on the Tearsheet Podcast. You know, I think when I look at the when I look at you know the core slices, so not the starter kit, which is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the core slices, they tend to be net new assets to the firm, mm-hmm. net new investment assets to the firm, um, nice. either individual bringing them in. Uh, or, you know, gifting to clients. So um, in that aspect, that's been, you know, positive. Uh, different take on, on starter kit, it's really, it's for individuals who are just opening accounts at Schwab. So um, if you had an existing account at Schwab, you would buy fractional shares through slices. The starter kit where we, you know, we have some matching for first-time investors mm-hmm. is really geared towards that, you know, new investor to Schwab. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. Today's guest on the show is Zach Gibson. Zach runs Charles Schwab's Digital Investor Solutions. We talked in depth about Schwab's stock slices, the firm's fractional share product. Together with the new investor starter kit, the incumbent is reaching a new investor base, younger and earlier in their journeys. Zach shares how the product is being received and where the firm is headed in the future. Zach Gibson is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi, I'm Zach Gibson. Uh, I'm responsible for digital investor solutions at Charles Schwab. Uh, my purview includes all of our retail client-facing platforms and channels, as well as our rep-facing desktop. Uh, so if you're a retail client and you're interacting with Schwab through the web, through the app, our virtual assistants, chat, email, or talking to one of our great uh, service or sales professionals, you're touching uh, some part of my team. So I'm uh, really excited to be on today, Zach, and look forward to our conversation. That's great. And I think you know, we've done over 400 episodes, 500 episodes over the past 10 years. And I think it's the first time I've had another Zach on the show. So I'm looking forward to talking to you. Thanks. Awesome. That's, that's a high bar. So I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> exactly. My mom would be proud. Um, let's talk about slices. I know that was one of the things that, that you know, w- w- was interesting for us to talk about here. What, what are slices? Um, and then I'd love to hear sort of the genesis story, like how, why Schwab got into this business. Sure. So stock slices is fractional share investing, uh, where a client can go uh, through any of our channels and, and purchase a fraction of a share in $5 increments um, of the S&P. So kind of owning the largest uh, companies here in the U.S. for as low as $5. Uh, and I, I would say that so that's kind of functionally what it is. I mean, when I think of it, it's really... Uh, another step in our in our commitment to serving every investor, um, helping you know the next generation investors get started. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many cases, if you look at uh, those larger companies, you know even buying a single share would be hard. So if you if you look at the path of you know kind of getting eliminating commissions on stock sales, uh, enabling so you kind of remove the price barrier in some cases, um, and then reducing. Uh, the amount you need to invest, it's really creating the opportunity for everyone uh, to be an investor. So it's, it's, uh, it's been exciting. Um, you know, in some ways, uh, when we started, we, you know, we, we probably hypothesized that we would attract many more kind of younger, just getting started investors, which we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but equally so, we have many investors uh, in their kind of early to mid 40s um, who have really embraced stock slices as well. Um, so do you have any um, data like, are there certain milestones that stock slices have, have hit so far? Sure. When we, when we kind of look at the big ones, we, we just passed a billion dollars uh, in transactions in stock slices just about a, about a month and a half ago, okay. Actually, probably two months ago. Uh, now it's right there at the end of uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. And so just from an asset perspective, that was a kind of a big, I'd say big milestone uh, as well. And, and kind of concurrent with hitting that milestone, 
we then launched uh, Schwab Starter Kit, which was another milestone because that's where we took really fractional share investing and wrapped a whole educational experience around it, uh, much more robust than when we initially launched. If you look at slices, there's education woven throughout, um, but we launched start, uh, Schwab Starter Kit, much more focused at that younger demographic, just getting started out. So much more of an integrated education experience as well. And so that's kind of the next step uh, of our commitment to, to young investors. So with that hypothesis that you're reaching out to the younger audience, and sounds like that is inclusive in the growth that Stock Slices has had, um, do you see a lot of gifting then? Are, are these parents enabling or grandparents or friends enabling kids to get in or younger people to get into this, into investing? Uh, we, we have. I mean, it's it's just shy of 20%. So it's around 17%, uh, give or take eight months, are gifting to minors with custodial accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that with my kids. I've got young kids and you know, they're on the front end of earning allowance. And I'm always, you know, I'm starting to talk about, you know, saving, investing, and not pure spending. Uh, I haven't been as successful with every one of my kids on that front. So I appreciate it <laughs> there. But, you know, each one of them has their uh, stock slices accounts as well. If you want Apple, invest in Apple, right? Apple products. Exactly. They yeah. don't just buy, you know, the okay. phone, the iPad, the, the et cetera, just, you know, invest in the company. So, um, and, and so are these, are these assets totally new to Schwab or does this cannibalize a bit of some existing assets of Schwab customers that are setting up these accounts for their kids? You know, I think when I look at the, when I look at, you know, the core slices, so not the starter kit, which is a little bit different Mm -hmm. uh, on the core slices, they tend to be net new assets to the firm, Mm -hmm. net new investment assets to the firm, um, either individual bringing them in uh, or, you know, gifting to clients. So um, in that aspect, that's been, you know, positive. Uh, different take on, on Starter Kit, it's really, it's for individuals who are just opening accounts at Schwab. So um, if you have an existing account at Schwab, you would buy fractional shares through Slices. The Starter Kit where we, you know, we have some matching for first-time investors mm-hmm. is really geared towards that, you know, new investor to Schwab. That's really interesting. And I guess one of the things we've reported at Tearsheet, um, you know, over the past couple of years uh, is sort of a move to, towards stock picking again, um, which I, removing the Robin Hood and all the, you know, game stocks sort of fanaticism to the side. But like um, there seems to be an interest, at least in, in, in doing doing and picking stocks yourself in, in an era of, of automation, which I, I think is kind of interesting, kind of cuts across the grain. How, how does Schwab see that? Because I know you guys have also um, definitely built out sort of automated tools as well. Um, how, how does this fit in, I guess, into the, the greater Schwab universe? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, at the, I think at the heart of, uh, of Schwab since our, our founding uh, with Chuck, you know, has been this, this passion around ownership of individual equities. Uh, and that's not, I mean, there's ETFs, um, index-based products, definitely a place for those. But that passion of really owning something you know, mm-hmm. something you use every day um, is just really compelling. And I, I think it creates maybe more of an emotional connection too to investing. I mean, when you own, when you own a broad-based um, fund or index, you, you don't always know the individual company. But if you look at what people talk about, it's usually the individual company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that... At, when I, if I look at this, you know, I, I don't know when to, I don't know when to peg it. I feel like, but when you look at this kind of the, the ownership um, and individual investors, this marking mm-hmm. of wanting things to reflect more of what I care about, maybe more of my values. You see that kind of the rise of ESG. Um, oh, it's yeah. really that emotional attachment to what you're investing in and, and wanting not maybe just the monetary return, but actually to make a difference 
uh, and where you choose to put your money. I like that. And and can we talk about the starter kit as well? Like um, what, what else is in that beyond stock slices and what does that look like? Sure. If you think it's, it's, I'll say it's kind of three, three elements. There's, there's just the, the fractional share piece, which is slices. There's a much more kind of welcome and onboard experience that's much more tailored around kind of getting started education. Uh, and then the third one is around matching, which we currently, you know, we put $50 in the account. You put 50 in, we put 50 in because um, we want that kind of, you know, that, that shared commitment to getting uh, investors started. Um. And, and do you intend to put other, I guess, two questions, other, so I, I know that you have the S&P uh, within stock slices, that's the universe that you can choose from. Is there an intention or a thought about expanding that that universe of choices longer term? And and, and I guess the same question towards the uh, this, the startup kit, essentially, Are, will you be including more things in, in that to get help, help people get started? Yeah, I, I would expect both will evolve over time. Um, you know, both will evolve over time, really, driven by what our clients are telling us. Um, you know, we've gotten feedback around wanting an expanded universe mm-hmm. uh, as well. So clearly we look at that among other things. Um, but these, it's really interesting. This, the, the, the investor who's investing in, in slices and, and starter kit, although still really uh, on, that, on that product, um, you know, they're highly engaged and they're very active in giving feedback, which is, which is awesome. I mean, the, you know, as a, as a, as a lifelong product person, you know, the worst thing you can do is launch a product <laughs> and not hear anything from your Into the void, customer. yeah. Uh, but these these clients are very actively engaged, active in giving us feedback. So I would expect the office to continue to evolve over time. And um, years ago, we had some of the early fractional brokerages on on on, the, on this program. And um, how I guess what are some of the technical challenges of, build, of building a technical brokerage platform? Fractional, sorry, I said technical, but I meant fractional. Yeah, yeah, the fractional side, and and I would I would plead not to be an expert on trading mm-hmm. operations. Uh, my good good friend Jeff Starr runs uh, our operations trading on that front. Um, but it is when you're looking at, I think when you're looking at at buying fractional shares, you know how that comes together, how you execute trades, how you ensure you get best execution for your clients. Um, that adds a layer of complexity on your back office. Mm-hmm. Now, I think where we're, you know, a company like Schwab, we have we have such tremendous volume and size in trading um, that we are, you know, we're able to deliver best execution at the whole share and the fractional share level. Um, so for us, it was it was probably more around uh, the mechanics of making that happen, but in terms of ensuring that you know clients and get best execution, um, get good trading quality, all those things that any investor should get you know, the fractional share investor sits just on par with everybody else. Um, and I can't speak to other firms, but I can just speak to our, I think our size and scale in our operations really helped us there. Totally. Um, and and how do how do you let the public know about it? How are you marketing? Like what channels are you using to let people know about stock slices? Uh, sure. It's, it's, I'll say it's a blend. So we, you know, we've used kind of paid media is an avenue uh, mm-hmm. at launch. It rolls through our, our national commercials for a period of time. You know, over time, that becomes much more of our digital and social channels drive more of the interactions. Um, so whether that's, you know, through Twitter, through Facebook, wherever, you know, we're using those channels that kind of supplement over time, which given the, you know, given the demographic client, those are, those are higher users of social, they're highly engaged with us. Uh, through social channels. Um, so we, we kind of have that balance. And, you know, Starter Kit, I'd say, is, is similar. We, 
you know, we initially went out more on the kind of earned media side. We've done some paid media and we kind of, we balance that, you know, over time. And I want to go back to something you said, Zach, about this audience being highly engaged. And that's great for a product person, obviously. Um, what opportunity, how, how are they engaging with you? And how, how do you continue to, I guess, to satisfy their appetite for, for information, for example, if, if they are highly engaged in sort of following the companies that, uh, that they're invested in? Sure. It's, uh, you know, we have a blend of different ways we, we solicit feedback back. We have the, you know, the, the more formal, like, user groups that we can go back and forth through by partnering with our, you know, our, our client research folks. Um, we get feedback through social channels, through surveys, Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so we kind of get all of that feedback in. We don't, we, we do, we still get letters from, from clients on various things. We tend, we don't, I don't know if we've gotten a letter on this particular product. Um, so it tends to be more, you know, surveying through mobile, through, through, uh, through web as well. Um, you know, I do think there's, you know, there's opportunity where we have more of a structured kind of interaction. I think there's really good feedback back and forth. You know, I, I think the, uh, you know, the question is, is something I feel like I've wrestled with at every firm I've been. And it is, you know, when you have the more high volume digital feedback channels, how do you, how do you kind of close that loop back uh, mm-hmm. with clients? Um, you know, I think, I think that's an opportunity, I think for, for us or anyone is how you do that at scale, given the volume coming in. And so um, you mentioned that a lot of, so it's about 20% of these is, is net new, new funds to, to Schwab. So how do people who already are already interacting with Schwab, I guess, how did they? How did they know about stock slices? How are you promoting it to in, in you know your internal audience? Sure. So we you know we do the the standard kind of in web in app when we when we first launch, you know we we do the kind of what's new treatments um, when you're logging in mm-hmm. that would present it, uh, and then we have I always think that the the classical presentment you know in web you've kind of got your main banners uh, on the top or your kind of right real banners and offers. Um, similar in mobile, we have different kind of uh, treatments on that front uh, as well. And so we okay. try to target that based, you know, based, I hate to use the term target, but it's, you know, it's, it's driven by kind of relevancy for you as an investor, um, you know, what your needs are as well. So, And I guess the inverse as well. So if you see somebody come in and get very engaged, you're introducing them to other Schwab products as well, I assume from in the, in the same mechanism as well. Yeah, we tend to, you know, when when you say you're in the, the Schwab mobile app, you know, you 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 definitely have full access to, I would think, the, the store of offers uh, mm-hmm. at Schwab. Uh, same thing on Schwab.com uh, with a bigger interface. Um, and so the the intent is you, I mean, if you thought about like someone starting out, a uh, great place to start is fractional fractional share. But I would think fractional share investing. I think back to when I started in the industry. Uh, and the first two things I heard, you know, was one time, not timing, <laughs> you know, time in market, not timing the market and diversification matters. If you remember the old, uh, the old quilts, the market leadership quilts, mm-hmm. where they would show asset class rotation over time. Um, and I think it's, you know, building those muscles of the importance of, you know, owning stocks, staying invested in the market, not trying to, uh, to time the market. Uh, yeah, I think there's, you know, just a challenge when you're long-term bull market, everything seems like a winner over time, but, you know, we know that markets are up and markets are down in the long term. It's about staying invested uh, for the long term. So I think as you start in like a fractional share, it's really growing you as an investor uh, over time, whether you choose to be more self-directed um, and buy and trade on, on your own uh, in web and mobile, or you choose to have more of an advised um, or kind of managed relationship with Schwab, um, whatever the, the right path is for you as you kind of grow as an investor over time. 
So Zach, one, one of the other trends that, that we've we've covered over the past couple of years is sort of the, what we call the rebundling of banks. So like, you know, you had sort of, you had new firms on the scene, um, you know, competing against Schwab, just specifically in, in, in share investing or trading or whatever. Um, over time, you know, a lot of these companies expand into the same way Schwab did over, over the past few decades. Does Schwab, is there an intention for Schwab to sort of be um, a home for an entire person's financial life or... Uh, or is it just Schwab specifically focused on on just the investing piece? You know, our I, I'd say our, our long term history is grounded in you know, investing and, and wealth management. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a bank. In fact, our bank is a fully digital bank. It's mm-hmm. not a, a virtual one. Uh, and I think there's opportunity there. You know, and we as Schwab Bank, uh, whether it's checking, whether it's deposit, whether it's um, you know, kind of our pledge asset line. Uh, where you can you borrow against uh, you can borrow against your your mm-hmm. holding, um, you know I think there's there's a real opportunity for us from a banking perspective. You know there's that natural connection of you know your day to day spend and your long term invest, and those need to be in balance. What you know and typically it's a spend side that's out of balance that impacts your your, your long term investor, and so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, and for us, you know, not having kind of the weight of a, a heavy physical presence, I think there's a lot we can do digitally. Uh, around having the bank be more of more kind of a bigger part of our overall value proposition uh, for our clients. That sounds like it would make a lot of sense, especially if if you're attracting newer, younger people um, to the platform uh, who maybe are in that building mode and not you know not as much as in deployment yet. Um, maybe to get them and help them build that cycle, that those good habits. Yeah, it does. I, I tend to you know I always I always think of like you know the. Uh, you know, a household, however big or small, is like a, a mini company. You know, you have your statement cash flows, you've got your income statement, and then your balance sheet. And those three things all work together. Um, you know, and I feel like in the in the, the the big financial planning world, you tend to look at all of those things in concert. But the reality is, the, I think in some ways, the hardest thing of a person first starting out, you know, not making a lot of money and, and trying to make a decision in some cases around, you know, not even just like spending, but just paying bills versus investing. And, you know, how do you build those small muscles over time? And really, I think that's the role of, uh, you know, the importance of education in our industry. Mm-hmm. I think that's where there's a lot of opportunity is as we've made investing and trading much easier, um, you know, how do we make education much more front and center? And that's a big part of what we do at Schwab um, because understanding the impacts of investing, understanding the markets, and understanding how do you start investing early and make some of those tough decisions uh, at the time really have long-term you know, implications. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I, I guess one of the questions I have as we as we get to the end of our conversation um, is, you know, we, we kind of went through a very tumultuous period of, you know, it's, it's meme stonks or whatever, and. Um, you know, Schwab has always had a voice in the market of of, of owning individual, as you mentioned, owning individual stocks, but but doing it responsibly. How how have you sort of navigated through this time period to differentiate yourself from maybe some of those other platforms? Sure, I think the I think a, a couple of things. One, you know, we were, you know, we were open for business in terms of allowing our our clients to uh, to trade and transact on our platforms um, throughout that entire. You know, period of uh, I'll say frenzy. I mean, I, I don't know how many of our all-time record trading days were in that period of time, but wow. I, I think it was it was quite a few of the top twenty days. I'm sure you have um, some stories to share. Yeah, it, exactly. It was uh, a yeah. it was 
it was an interesting time, but you know, I mean, but we were, you know, we were available. Clients could could log in, they could trade, they could call in if they had to and trade. And, and I and I know that wasn't the case with everyone, but I think that's job number one is, you know, especially in times of stress and duress, being there for clients and serving them job one. And, and we did that throughout the entire time frame. Um, and I think the other one is just having a, you know, a, a sound voice um, around, you know, investing in the markets. Um, and, you know, having really a legacy built on that education um, and, and maintaining that posture throughout. So we, you know, it's not about changing your, your posture on the markets every time the markets move. It's about staying true to kind of being an investor, investing for a longer term, understanding that volatility will happen. Uh, and how do you manage your portfolio through it? God, Zach, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. All right, Zach, thank you very much. Appreciate the time and, and really enjoy the conversation. 